This is David K. Or Megatron. Or Optimus Prime. Or Clank. Or, uh... Sushomaru. And you're listening to the FSF Podcast. The show where the droids you were looking for were obviously hiding, because nobody looks here. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Redshirt Crewman number 89. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Guy in the quest to try green eggs and ham, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his stomach. And now, a word from our show sponsor, Level Up Savers. Their link can be found in the show notes. So our guest today is the voice of both Optimus Prime and Megatron on various Transformers. Sorry, that's too soon. Go ahead. <laughs> on various Transformers animations. He's also Clank of Ratchet and Clank. He's Jarvis in Avengers Assemble, General Hawk in G.I. Joe. And most recently, you may have heard his voice as Arisham from Marvel's blockbuster movie, Eternals. We are thrilled and excited to welcome David Kay to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, yeah, just uh, uh, that too soon. But thank you very much for, uh, for, for accommodating and, and you know, allowing me to be part of the show. Yeah, very we're cool. excited. So my problem with today is I almost don't know where to start. <laughs> because ah, neither I, do I, I. <laughs> any day that I have no idea where to start yeah <laughs> go ahead yeah. yeah i spent uh a, a little bit of time looking out of the all the entries on your amazing imdb resume all the entries on there uh but due to time limitations and wanting my co-host to be able to participate at some point in the show i'm gonna take a couple deep nerd breaths relax <laughs> and we'll start with transformers that's where we'll start all right so You've been part of several different animated series where you've voiced both Megatron in one and you've voiced Optimus in another. Uh, you've, so you've been the leader of both sides of the Transformers Wars. Right. How hard was it, is it, or is it hard for you? I didn't think it was because of what I saw in the preview for you to be able to switch gears, to be able to identify with one character and, and then be able to identify with the other. It uh, was so much fun doing Megatron because it was a lot, it was very Shakespearean, the way it was written. And the way the character was, and the way I approached it, you know, the old analogy I use is to be or not to be. That is the question. You know, uh, so, so it's it's debate, Shakespeare debate. And Optimus from TF, from, from um, Transformers Animated, was, uh, I remember, you know, re reading for it and never giving it sort of a second thought because I figured, I was in touch with Sue Blue. Uh, during the audition process, hey Sue, uh, it'll be awesome to read for this. If you, you know, she'd, oh my God, honey, yes, of course we. So they, you know, they had me read, and I read <laughs> Megatron, of course, and I read uh, another few characters, um, and I didn't even bother with Optimus Prime. I said, well, that's not going to happen, so I'll just stick with what I know. And and then um, the callback came, and I knew I was, I was, I, I knew that they were, you know, considering because I know that the 
that uh, the late Derek Wyatt and Matt Youngberg and, and Marty Eisberg, they, they were, they all knew of the, um, were very well aware of the, the backstory and, and my role as, as Megatron. And, you know, they were honoring that, that sort of thing. And, and it was kind of neat. But, um, and they had me in and I read Megatron, a few other characters, and then uh, it seemed to go really well. And then they, you stand there and you sort of wait and then they're all talking behind the glass and and, and Sue Blue says, say, hey, honey, could you, could you, we wanted to, we want you to take a look at Optimus Prime. And I go, okay, sure. So we're, we're trying, we're having, you know, difficulty finding. So, so uh, kind of like a Tom Hanks character, you know, he's, he's, he's a bit naive and, you know, and uh, why don't you take the, take the sides to go out and, and, and work on them and come back and let a few people go ahead of me. And I came back in and, I really had no idea what to do other than I just thought, I'd, well, I'd use my own voice, I guess. I I'd really, I started there and I, I, I young, made him a little younger in the presentation. And so the direction was, uh, you know, he's, he's this, this young leader of the Autobots and, and uh, I was some, who gave me the direction? It must have been Sue. She said, just think of it as when you open your mouth and start your little speeches there, the rest of them kind of give you an eye roll. And I go, oh, okay, one of those guys. I go, he's talking again. So I just kind of did this sort of thing, and who's with me, you know, Megatron and all this. And I went, you know, I, I just trying to keep them naive and use my own voice uh, for the most part. And then, you know, they were all sort of nodding their heads. And I said, well, that's interesting. Anyway, it was great. We had laughs. I went away and forgot about it. And a few weeks later, I'm driving through Chinatown in L.A., coming off the 110, right through Chinatown. And I get a call from my agent said, Hey, it's uh, DK good news. They want, they want to book you for transformers. I go, Oh, you know, cool. Awesome. And I'm thinking, and then she said, uh, for the role of Optimus prime. And I, I remember I was coming up to temple street. I was just about to turn right on temple and then left and go to Disney concert hall, pat past and go down. And I said, and I said, so you mean, uh, you mean, uh, you mean Megatron? Or she said, no, uh, they're booking you, you know, they want you for Optimus prime. And I go, Optimus prime. Are you sure? And I said, are you sure? <laughs> Cause that doesn't, how's that going to work? And the first thing I think is, well, how, how's that going to happen? How, what? And uh, anyway, I got over that and, and uh, you know, we finally got going and recording, uh, you know, a couple months later, it was weird because Corey Burton, it was, uh, was Megatron. And it was so much fun working with Corey. And every time Sue Blue would say behind the booth, okay, Megatron. And I'd kind of get up and I go, oh, right. It's not me. And I'd sit back down again. <laughs> uh, so it took a few episodes and it took also a few episodes to kind of get into character. Like it kind of, it's like, you know, when you watch the, uh, the Simpsons, the early episodes, they sounded like weird. They sounded, too, they were, they mm -hmm. didn't, I haven't dropped in yet. And mm -hmm. right, right. for anybody in the series, you finally about episode four or five, I kind of dropped into my own voice and, you know, just sort of um, went with this sort of thing. And, uh, and that's where he stayed for the, for the most, uh, for, for the rest of the, of the series. So that's how it all, all happened. It was weird in the beginning. Cause I'm thinking, Oh yeah, right. I'm a good guy. Uh, well, so, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just a different approach and that eye roll in the back of your head, seeing, you know, when you talk, but and you're trying to win them over and, and eventually they all, they realize you're, you're doing your best. And yeah, this, this, the character became a little more established as we, as we went on. So that was fun, man. I could, it was hard to, it was really cool. I really think about playing, you know, the, the Predacon and then the, the Autobot, uh, and different variations of other characters in between. It's just been such a great relationship. And if I may add, before I quit yakking, it, it's people ask about, and you may ask about, well, are you disappointed that you're not asking, you know, that the, the movies, and go, you know, yeah, sure. Everybody actors sort of like, but the thing is that we the fact that we actually get to inhabit these characters for a moment in time, 
is pretty awesome. Like, it's, right. you know, come on. I mean, yeah, we're all like, ah, yeah, I'd like to do more. And then who knows down the road. But the fact that we even get a chance to do this is mind blowing. So, uh, you know, uh, just to be grateful you're given the chance, uh, sort of what the way I look at it. And that's just the way of the business. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I, I don't I don't remember what guest it was. Another guy, one of our guests talked about the fact that, yeah, they didn't get a chance to do the voice in the movie. Mm-hmm. But because of the especially now with the all the new movies and animations that are coming out, and the prevalence of video games and all these different things. He's like, there's so much more work than there ever was before. So although yeah, you're a little bummed about the fact that maybe you didn't get to be you know whatever this character what that you did in the animated series that when it goes to the, the bigger screen yeah i didn't get to do that but i because i did this character here it got me in the door over here oh sure there's and there's other things you know that are have, have come to pass and other roles that have come up and oh that's kind of cool so it's just the, the career and the nature of the beast and and someone's going to make their own movie they're going to want people in it they want in it and there's nothing you can do about it that's just hollywood <laughs> Hollywood, baby. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually noticed that you've got a couple of roles that you have a duality to. You have Megatron and Optimus Optimus Prime, like we talked about, but you also played Battle Cat and Cringer, as well as Professor or Charles Xavier and Apocalypse. I mean, you've got. There he is. (laughs) So cool. That's cool. I felt like it was a little more common on your list of roles than some of the other voice actors we've talked to. So is this just like a, a crazy happenstance or was there some sort of design to having these duality in the roles? I don't, I don't know. I think it's just, uh, you, you mean as far as, uh, well, you mean the, the cringer and the uh, the battle cat thing, right? Um, the recent one, the, the, the He-Man? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well that uh, was based off the, 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 the character in, in uh, Liam Neeson and the other Liam in Game of Thrones. It's coming to those two. two uh, what's the other Liam in Game of Thrones? These these. uh uh, Liam Cunningham. Yeah, Link uh, Cunningham. So it's a sort of like a protector, you know. He's in here, sir, and a, and a bit of Liam Neeson, and so 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 he's a father figure, and 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 he he you know he in battle cat form. Um, he anyway, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> it's okay. And the other one, the other way you mentioned uh, uh, Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. An apocalypse. An apocalypse. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was. That, that's kind of. It's fun to talk to yourself. Uh, I've been doing that most of my life. Anyway. <laughs> No mic and no mic needed there. Well, sometimes you just need a professional's opinion, and I get that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, um, and but but the, yeah, the professor. I, I really didn't know. I mean, it wasn't until I sort of came into the studio that day in X Men Evolution that I'm just you're doing Apocalypse. Like, oh, well, how's that going to work? You know, I ask a lot. Of, I, I don't ask a lot of very smart questions. I'm just amazed that I'm actually in the room doing this. <laughs> uh, to tell you the truth, I don't know really how things work. Um, uh, but Xavier, they're they're. It's fun to play alter ego, like the opposite of of the character. You right. know, that that's just uh, um, it's a part of who we are. And I think I remember sitting having coffee once with with an actor friend, and uh, and he we we're having an actor discussion, and and he he says, I don't I don't think I have a a dark side. And where my me and my friend looked at each other and went, What? Oh, I don't I don't, I don't well, an actor's job is to be able to go down into that well and play around and then come back like you know that's the difference between you know uh, psychoticness and and normalcy is we we can think those things and and helps us Mm -hmm. enable our character but we don't 
go, you know, over the right. line. That's, that's the nature of the beast. But every actor has to be able to kind of play in that world. And it's, uh, it's fun to be able to play the good guy and, and the bad guy. And, and uh, it's a real mind screw. I'll tell you that sometimes uh, I so, can see, you know. Right. But with, with apocalypse and Charles Xavier, you said it's fun talking to yourself. Do they have you run those lines back to back or. Yeah, some they do. And, and, and if uh, I will do it for pace, generally the first time through um mm-hmm. and then if it's working we'll do it again and if it's not um i'll just take i'll just do the xavier lines and then i'll go back up and pick up the apocalypse lines but that i like is... to do the scene first before with myself just to for pacing because each each character and each each i had to call them human beings they're their souls and they have heartbeats and they, they have right. their own way of speaking right on their own uh musicality and so mm-hmm. Uh, Apocalypse has his own. Um, it was in Apocalypse, yeah. In, you know, and then uh, Xavier, uh, Charles Xavier, uh, Logan. Yes, where is where? Is, uh, we have so many great outtakes. Um, but he has his own thing, so it's right. fun to play off that. Also, it's kind of <laughs> neat to be up there, and everybody else is sitting down, twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to shut up and finish your scene. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's all me, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> cool you get paid to talk to yourself yeah i mean how to be, just to be paid to do this is mind-blowing my father saw I, I i i think it's bad form to talk about uh monetary things in this because it's i i don't think that's the to me is like that's the oh we get paid well isn't this fun uh, i have no idea my dad picked up a thing on the floor of the car once i had to go in and actually scream on a, on a show because they forgot to pick me up and i went in i wasn't in that day say so, hey can you come in we're uh we're just going to pick you up a couple couple things and then you can you can go uh i said yeah sure so i drove by and it doesn't matter i still get paid the same but i went in and went you know, I did that and went back out. Say, so, hey, hey, let's see you guys. Take care. You know, I got back in the car and dad sort of saw it by mistake. And he said, Was that is that all you did? I go, Yeah, I just I had to go in and do bigger. So, well, well, is that is did that is that what you get? And I go, No, don't put that down. And, see. and then it was <laughs> I worked 30 years in City Hall and la 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 la, you know. Uh so <laughs> such a dad response. It's in a, we're at the Sam Hill. Really? Yeah, scream hard oh, for Christ, trying out loud. And Rob Paulson and I was Rob always made a point of saying, you know, DK, isn't isn't it amazing that you know we get paid for this? I mean, it's incredible. I mean, the fact we get paid is unbelievable. I mean, it's just it's it, it yeah, wow. Uh, you know, so he's right. That's a wonderful Paulson impression, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, it's fantastic. Uh, good friend, uh, Mr. David. Yeah, he, he said. <laughs> and let me just say something about Paul, uh, Rob Paulson. You can tag him if you want to. But it is impossible to be that nice of a person. It's, it's, he is so, like he's so genuinely, amazingly nice. I'm like, that's, I could never, I could never be that nice. I could, he, I is, he is super nice, but very like, super nice. Oh my God, I can't, I can't, how, how does one do that? He's a Jedi. <laughs> we, we actually had the chance to talk to him a couple months ago huh. and my three-year-old interrupted our interview and he lit up looking oh, yeah. at my daughter and talking to my daughter and doing voices that he knew she would know. And I'm like, yeah, do you want to do you want do you want to just come watch her for like, half an hour so I can sleep? I can't like I could never I can't I, I don't even know how the hell I could go to school to try and learn how to do that. But he's just he's so genuine. He's just nice. It's yeah, weird. It is. It's uh, something's wrong with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
you see, he's just a gem of a human being. And that's the other thing about this business is, you know, there's very few, I could, I could barely count on one finger of the amount of times that somebody's been a real kind of jerk, you know, and not fun to work with. And the voiceover business is very, it's rare, you know, to, 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 to come across that because it's just so much fun. Yeah. I will say that for all the people that we have met in, in the voiceover community, that predominantly a, a much happier bunch than uh, the people who have to stand in front of the camera and look pretty. What is that? I think it's because you guys are having fun and you're, you're doing things that you want to do as a kid and you're entertaining. Yeah. I think you're entertaining yourself along the way. It's true. And maybe they're, maybe that's why they all tell you that they're, they're, they hire the celebrities. Who's like, well, I want to do uh, the behind the mic thing. That looks pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe may it's, uh, I, I equate it to, uh, you know, Disney, the Peter Pan is one of my favorite, uh, Disney, uh, iterations of, you know, animation or live action, because there's a lot of, you know, neat little life stuff in there and, and little lessons and things. But the, the biggest thing is about the imagination. And, uh, I think a lot of us in this industry have incredible imagination that served us very well in childhood whether it's from through comic books or through whatever. Uh, um, and and it, that is key to, you know, taking a look at a character like this and saying, oh, what, is, what, what, is, what would he do if he, he, he'd laughed or he, how would he breathe or how would he, what, what kind of soul, what, well, who is he? And, and that's a fun game to play because it's all imagination. Mm -hmm. And that's where it starts, right? And I feel too, like you guys get to play with that imagination and then you don't have the camera pressure. You don't have the, yeah. the paparazzi even because people don't see you. They don't necessarily know who you are. They don't put a, a yeah. face to the name. Thank, good, thank goodness. That would be exhausting. That would be exhausting. <laughs> I, it's just, it would be. And yeah, you get free much, I wish I was famous. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't. He like, I like when people recognize me in stores. No, you don't. It's horrible. Stop. You know, <laughs> right? How many of us have hidden from people we went to high school with when we see them in the grocery store in our hometown with the, I mm, don't want to talk to you. I don't even want to. Mother, so you should call those people. I don't want to call them. I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> Jeez, I'm pretty sure my brother's hidden from me in the store because he didn't want to talk to me. I get it. It's yeah, okay. I know. <laughs> want to be famous? There's people out there. Yeah, but behind this, though, you can be anybody you want to. And that's the beauty of being a voiceover person. You, know, you can be big and you can be big and fat and strong or, you you know, you can be small and insignificant and, you know, very uh, you can be anything here. Uh, so it doesn't matter what uh, that's the that is. That's the beauty of it. That's, that's mm -hmm. the fun. absolutely. So, David, like all heroes and villains, they have an origin story. Mm. So I'm just wondering what your origin story is. We can skip the birth unless you were blessed by gods or a witch put a curse on you. But <laughs> what's your origin story as to how you became a voiceover actor? Uh, well, it all started in radio in high school and uh, back in my hometown and um, uh, up there in Canada there. It's funny because I'm a very uh, private person, but I it's like an, is it an intro Vert, extrovert, something. It's like it's a combination of the two. Ambivert. And whatever that is. Uh, and I, every home movie theater, every home movie, theater, every home movie uh, that I would see that my mother kept, uh, the family, they'd be, all, they'd be all in it, you know, smiling. And I'd come in like this. Like, you know, I'd be doing weird faces. I, I want to be the focus of attention. 
But as I get older, I said, no, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the focus of attention at all. Uh, so it's interesting that I, I chose this, this business, but I was always, every time there was a camera or there was a microphone, I had to, you know, blah, 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 to make funny sounds into it. I would stand in front of the mirror in as a kid and doing like weird faces. You ever do that? I caught my son. Oh, yeah. Ah, I know what you're doing just to see what, what this is. Um, so start, it kind of started there. And then I got this job behind the scenes at the local cable television station. And I was like, I was caught snickering. It was a, there was a religious show on and, and me and my friend were on the camera. We weren't making fun of anybody. It was just a guy had a shot a half hour show and, and uh, we were like, <laughs> you know, and we, got, we had a lot of trouble for that. Uh, and then I got in front of the camera doing a, a sort of a collector show as a kid. And I really kind of dug that. And then uh, when I was eight, seven, 17 and a half, almost 18, I got a job doing overnight weekends on a local radio station, you know, as a DJ. And uh, that was the coolest thing. Cause I had, I had radio heroes, you know, people like, uh, you know, Rick Dees and, and in Canada it was John major uh, at Chum FM, who I wrote he, Johnson's passed away quite a number of years ago, but I wrote him and he wrote me back. And, and I, cause I was, I really sort of think I wanted to go into this business and, and make radio a career. And then, and then uh, I got to Vancouver after a few, a few radio stations on the morning zoo in uh, on the LG 73. And I was doing all kinds of characters like cowboy Dick, howdy boys and girls going to write a little song, you know, about a pet chicken. And I'd do that. And, <laughs> characters. and um, I went to this commercial modeling course because uh, I had all day long after the morning show to do nothing. And my wife said, get out of the house. So I signed up for this goofy course. You know, it was this, the modeling course. And I was, it was like ridiculous. Uh, I think it was just a, a ploy to get your money. And then the commercial side of it was classes to learn how to, you know, learn, read lines and perform. And the, the guy who taught it became my first agent and said, you know, you should, you should consider doing this for, for, for a you know, career. You'd be pretty good at it. I go, really? He goes, I'll be your first agent. I'll, we'll send you some stuff. And then the first, I think six weeks later after I said, sure, I didn't know what I was doing. I got a call from him and said, do you know how to do voices? And I thought, well, sure. I, I'm on the radio. I don't know. And he said, well, I have an audition for G.I. Joe. And he goes, like the G.I. Joe? G. Like I played with as a kid. He goes, yeah, they're, they're in... Uh, they're doing a series in Vancouver, Deke Animation. I go, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So I auditioned for that show and had no idea what the hell I was doing. Uh, I just remember, uh, yo, Joe, you know, quick, follow me. I, the old analogy is quick, follow me toward the danger, that type of show, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up somehow getting hired as uh, General Hawk, the great American hero. <laughs> so, and that was started, and after that, Every time I go into, into work and do a, a shift on the radio station, I'm like, this is so, I, can I do more? I just wanted to do more cartoons. And I was just like, it's Madonna, LG 73. Boom. And I just go back to watching MTV and the monkeys on, you know, and I'm just bored. And I, and I, I really just wanted to do that. And that would became my, uh, that was the origin. So I just said, this is it. This is what I want to do. And I, I fell in love with it very quickly. And, yeah, it, it's, it's a long-winded answer, but that's sort of how I got to that point. And I could hide behind this. I didn't have to be doing in radio stations. They used to have us go to these silly remotes like, come on down, we're to Joe's car, Joe Sheffold's on uh, uh, Lincoln Boulevard, and there's going to be balloons and popcorn for the kids. And I go, oh, I don't want to be out there doing that. That's ridiculous. And, and uh, so I could be in here doing this. 
with no balloons and popcorn and kids. It was, it was fun. We like long-winded answers. Yeah, They're always, like, always like the best that. answers. Always the best answers. <laughs> and it gives us less time to make fools of ourselves. There you okay. go. Bingo. Win-win. So win. It's, it's, a, it's a double banger there. So good job. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so let's jump a little bit ahead of the scale. We're talking about the, the very beginning. Let's talk about some of the more recent stuff you've done. Now, you were the voice of Erisham on Eternals, which is a, a big hit for the MCU, and apparently is is helping to set up some some other incoming characters quite nicely for this next phase of uh, Marvel movies. So if you can, tell us how that role came to be and how you prepared to be Erisham, the judge, the celestial. There was an audition that came in, and it was all hush-hush, Project X. No one talks about it. You know, even my agent, the agent, didn't even get the sides. It came directly from casting. My agency uh, agent, uh, Natine, is, is amazing, and she has you know, been around a long time. And uh, they, they, this casting uh, group has used uh, their clients in the past, and and I've been circling about uh, on a few things. So I originally thought, it, oh, this must be for like the Transformers movie because it was kind of like, so what is this? And, and we don't know. We you know, just, just you know give your give it a few takes. And I said, okay. So I kind of looked at it and read the scenes, and I'm like, well, I kind of used you know uh, I used the voice in here sort of thing, and I just almost kind of like a Vandal Savage thing that I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I gave it a few different, you know, uh, a few different takes and things, and I sent it in. And then it was quite a while later. Hey, so good news. That's how they call you. And they, she said, now, you know, there's no guarantees. You're, you're going to be, this is, you know, you're going to be scratching and going to be a few sessions and you're going to be working with Chloe Zhao. And I go, oh, really? Because I just seen Nomad Land. I was like, oh my God, this is Chloe. And she lives just over here, not too far away. And uh, and it was all during, of course, the pandemic, and nobody was in the studio, and and uh, it was very very cloak and dagger. You know, they uh, they bring you the script, and you don't you have to give it right back, and then there's a you know hard drive and the thing. You don't nobody knows anything's going on. You can't say anything. And uh, I got a chance to work with them, and we came we kind of honed in on the on the voice, and then we did another session, and we worked a little further on some extra dialogue and. By that time, the movie was, uh, you know, much in the, in, in the can, as they say, but it just just trying to get that that character. So it's interesting that they cast me for this particular read I did, but we ended up. I always sort of there's there's a Michael that Michael Fassbender movie, the Prometheus, um, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. sort of you know um, very calm, very uh, Cersei. It's time. It is time. So we kind of played around with that, and we pitched him down a little bit. And that's sort of where the voice print was very, it's a, like walking the razor's edge with that character because he doesn't get too upset because he's a he's a god. And then at the very, you know, as we know, it, it, we know he he is not terribly impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so you you know walked it. So it was kind of fun to to play there. And and I love how she directs because she. Instead of like any line reads, she was, well, what if this, what if she posed a question to you? Well, what if he was this? And what if, what if this was, the... and so, and that's a, a lovely way to direct, you know, cause you kind of makes you think. And uh, yeah, and I was, I still didn't believe until the last minute that I'd be in it. I think, no, they're going to get Michael Bass. They're going to get somebody, you know, who the hell's David K. They're not getting, uh, literally, <laughs> I was like, it's Hollywood. It's not going to trust me. No, I, and so I was fully prepared to be disappointed because I was, you know, I was jaded. I'm jaded by this time now. 
And then sure. we went to see it in the movie theater, my wife and I, uh, and uh, it just like almost brought tears, not because like, a, oh, my God, listen to me. It's because my good friend, David Hayes, who had passed away this year unexpectedly. Um, and um, he's the one when we were 12, 13 years old, introduced me to Marvel Comics and DC Comics. And I remember distinctly the Eternals. I remember him saying, I remember down in Sandy's bookstore in my hometown, and I had a stack of uh, Eternals comics, Jack Kirby, and we were going through them. And I remember, and I go, oh, my God, you know, here I was 12 years old, my good friend David Hayes, and, and I'm on the doing the thing with Marvel. I guess <laughs> to me it was like, whoa, you know? It was, uh, That's very cool. It was deep. <laughs> yeah, really absolutely. Cool. Goodness. I don't even know where to go from there. Like, that's just, like, that's that's goosebump inducing over here. That's awesome. Like, that's life. It's life stuff. It's like you just don't know. You you don't know where the journey uh, you know takes you. I honestly say where I was where I was born. I kind of think about well, what if I'd stayed? And I'm like, oh, you know, I get like that. That to me is a nightmare. Um, I'm I I went out. I went out and I went away. I traveled. I I left. And uh, I would be thinking, well, what would I be doing? What would I? Uh, but I just, uh, yeah, it's all that imagination. It's Peter Pan, man. It's like, go out, fly. It's a really cool connection. So going from one of your most recent roles back to one of your earlier roles. We're just going to, we're just going to jump you all around today. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's a game of emotional pinball over here. Yeah. Sorry about that. But <laughs> back in the day, you were, you were dubbing for anime series. Yeah. There were a couple mobile suit Gundam wing was one of them mm -hmm. that I was looking at. Series like that don't typically have a, a very high episode count. Yeah. So even though you were, some people would say, just dubbing lines, but you're still trying to, as one of the other voice actors we talked to recently, you're still trying to match the lip flap, which yeah. is apparently incredibly difficult, and I hadn't thought about how difficult it would be. Yeah. Did it's you build... That's hmm? a skill like anything. Like no. Yeah. Did you build any sort of connection to those characters, especially because they were so early in your career? Doing the character Sashomaru now uh, in the, uh, you know, this, this little guy in the uh, Yashihime series that's out there as opposed to Inuyasha. And I think back, trying to explain, like, when you create a character and it's not drawn yet, it's, that's, that's, you know, a lot of fun. I, I always, but you have to bring the same thing into a character that has always been drawn and already been drawn and already been voiced uh, in another to try and give him a heart and soul it's it's a little more you know uh you only have a certain amount of time because mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to match those lip flaps it's the emotion the in the intent and uh it's a great great director on uh on those shows and and um i don't know it's 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 like it's like a skill like anything i just all i try and do is bring truth to the character and try and make him and try and make him uh as real as possible without i don't know that's uh, something we all try and strive for is to make a character as, as real as we can and not be so acty with it, you know, like acty and very and intense and acting and do this thing. It has to come from, has to be grounded. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's one of the tough things about doing, doing animes is it is, you know, it, they're far fetched sort of things, but you got it. Everything is grounded, right. In reality or in, in truth in that moment for that character. Mm -hmm. kind of talking in circles but it's yeah it's it's tough to do and, and it's even tougher doing live dub anime live dub ac action live action dubbing 
that's um it's like karaoke i've done it once and i'm not sure if i want to do it again i did it as a favor but it's you're looking at the bottom of your screen and like you guys are here and there's like the, the lines are coming across in english and you're seeing the lip and you're trying to match it's just like it's like literally like karaoke and you have to act the scene you just you're not like saying words you have to act the scene if you're crying right. if the character's crying you gotta you gotta bring it and do it in <laughs> in karaoke style it's like there's you're you're multitasking so it is a, it is quite a skill and and my hat's off to those who uh who do it a lot um it's it's not easy <laughs> no I, I can't imagine that it would be it uh, was just it was one of those things that when we were as we've talked to more voice actors and i'm like i never thought about how difficult it would be to try to match a lip flap like yeah because yeah, i've never can, done it i didn't have that that knowledge source in my head but learning about it i'm like oh yeah no that would be incredibly difficult yeah yeah plus plus we just like saying lip flap as often as oh, possible. oh right <laughs> lip flap is just fun and <laughs> a new transformer character hey lip flap you know is that a makeup case of sorts <laughs> right so we usually have something that is close and dear to our heart was there a lesser known project that you've done that you really hold close to your heart that was just something that was special to you boy, oh boy there's, there's a number of things under the, under the radar i did an audio book recently and it was uh, i don't do audio books is there a lot of work and I don't, I don't have the you know i did it in the evening under candlelight i worked with uh, a friend of mine brooke uh brooke uh, burgess who is uh living in amsterdam but he wrote a a novel the cat's maw uh, m-a-w and uh i did an audio book with 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 Brooke is it's kind of neat to work with him. He was in Thailand at the time, and we we do it in the evening, um, and we read a chapter or two at a time. And I had a chance to do a bunch of different voices, and that was kind of that was really challenging and 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 fun to work with one of your friends and to work on a on a book like that, an audio book. Um, that's another skill that I just oh wow you know there's there's a lot of things I I've forgotten, you know um, the. Uh, experience of recording up you know for the movie up for pixar was was one of my the moments in your life of like wow how did i get here and they flew me up to uh pixar studios and recorded with pete doctor and and the crew there I mean, that and being at a you know first hollywood premiere that that's uh i forget about that sometimes how big a deal that was for me and, and my family that was my first big hollywood premiere and, and a first big the movie that won, a, won an oscar um, that was neat that is cool. Yeah. yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. And it's a good movie. Oh, that is one of the first movies that made me cry. Oh, I know. <laughs> it hits you. It hits you hard. Right <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which right. I mean right. is yeah. such yeah. a Pixar thing to do. Oh, they there just... are so many Disney and Pixar right. movies that I will I'll start for my daughter and then I'll walk out of the room for like the first five minutes and then I'll come back. Yeah. I, I almost I can't do it. I didn't I don't. Was it the, I think I saw it at the theater. I was like tempted to get up and walk out of the theater. Not because I was going to leave the movie, but like I had to like, I wanted to like get up and kind of compose myself. And then right? I'm like, yeah. it's dark in here. It's fine. I'll be fine. Everybody's fine. We'll right, be yeah. fine. What's <laughs> really fun is I have a friend who's getting married next month and her fiance looks like a young Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> so I found the, our adventure book. I found a photo album that looks like Ellie's adventure book. And I uh, bought it for their shower present. That's incredible. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it was so great. As Lexi opened it and just starts, 
right? Yeah. Lexi opened it and starts laughing. She's like, I didn't think you'd actually do it. I'm like, I only did this because <laughs> the up birdhouse was out of stock. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I was going to go. go for the birdhouse. There you go. All right. So, David, my, for my last question for you for tonight, I, in my opinion, it's saving the best for last because for me, Star Wars is always the best. Uh, and you've had the opportunity to voice several Star Wars characters uh, across the universe, whether it's uh, for the animated series or video games, uh, including General Tandon of, of Onderon uh, in the Clone Wars. Gazoon type. Yeah. General Tandon. <laughs> <laughs> so, let me ask you this, uh, because this is a question I ask everybody who's done something in the Star Wars universe, because I'm a Star Wars nerd. That's where I hang my hat. Yeah. Um, what did you enjoy most about working in the Star Wars universe because because of the, the size of it? And it's OK if you just say it's the paycheck, because we realize that sometimes it's about the job, not the fandom. No, it's never. It's to me, it's this has never been about the paycheck. I'm I, I've been very look, I'm very fortunate. Um, it's uh, I have to. Uh, quote, it's a wonderful life. You know, it, it really is. Um, it, but it's never about the paycheck. And I, it's one of the things I try and tell people, don't think about the money. People get into the, they, they see an end product and they don't see the blood, sweat and tears that go into this thing and the, the longevity you need to be good all the time. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's amazing. Okay, the, the other part of your question, again, um, was there something that you enjoyed about working in the Star Wars oh, yes, universe? Yes. Because you've, you've done both animated and video games. Yeah, I, I, I would ache. One of the, the, the things I was aching to do is, is to have a little something, something in the, a live action, you, you know, in the movies or in the sure. series. Because I, I watch everything. I, I, I consume Star Wars like, you know, I, I love it all. The, the, the working with um, our voice director. Um, Filoni? Favreau? Thank you, Dave Filoni. Um, working with Dave Filoni was a joy. And this is before Dave Filoni became an even bigger Dave Filoni. Uh, the, his directing style, being in the room with, you know, uh, Jim Cummings and, and James Arnold Taylor and everybody. And it was very, it was very cool of, uh, when I was in that, that, that scene, that show, that, that iteration of, of the show. But working with Dave Filoni, it, it was, there's a lot of voice directors I work with and they're all been wonderful. Dave is like, um, Okay, so like you know, let's just run the scene. Um, we'll take it from like four to fourteen. We'll just we'll just go straight through and and um, yeah, we'll start there. And so we do the scene. Now, General, yes, yes, sir. General Tandon, so they're coming to whatever I said and blah 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 blah. And he goes, okay, yeah, sounds good. You guys know what you're doing. All right, uh, so let's just move on to the next one. I go, wow, it's it just it was so like easy and so I don't know. Um, you just want to, I want to work with him again. When can I work with him again? This is, this is because it flows. It just, you right. know, so relaxed and he lets, he lets you do. And I just had a wonderful experience with, with Dave and I, I saw him uh, um, after a thing at, an, at the Emmy Awards and his table was over there and I said, man, it was just such an honor. You know, thank you again. He goes, oh, hey, Dick, hey, don't worry about it, man. It's not, um, but it's just to be part of, any any part of that that universe and, and doing the online games whenever you get a chance to do those i have done a mm -hmm. ton of characters in those online the online games and right and it's just a chance to play and to come up with those uh those voices just the strange voices uh, and uh <laughs> i just yeah ache to be involved in in something live action i know um uh, that would be cool friends, uh, but i i love that that whole thing i love it all and i'm with you with the star wars thing
Excellent. Well, because Star Wars is fun. Ah, it is fun. Because, you know, one day, that's what we're going to, one day, one day down the road, some of that's going to be <laughs> happening. Who knows? You know, there are parts about that universe I would be okay with. Yeah, parts of it. <laughs> parts of it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm thinking about things that I know from, like, behind-the-scenes interviews with the, you know. Yeah. It's not the worst. No. So, as I've already talked about my daughter, I, just, I do a lot because she's amazing she's she's your world she is and that's only partially because we're stuck in a pandemic and i can't send her anywhere else oh man i i yeah this uh it's been it's been tough on all on on on, on everybody it's just been such a weird it's so weird, weird. i called five years Oof. I, hope I'm, I hope i'm wrong but Please i called be wrong. i called it i said nope five years five years before you know who knows but uh, <laughs> the cool the cool thing is that we still are able to, to do our stuff mm-hmm. you know, i've always had home studios we've always been and we were we're just we just kept right on rolling with shows you know right. yeah and uh and thank goodness for that wow you know i was i was a mess still a mess but i was a real mess in the beginning of that and uh i was doing the cartoons we we're doing he-man we we've been working on farzar and a couple of shows I was working on, I was like, oh, I can see people. Okay, I can have fun and laugh. And uh, yeah. that kept me going. That was my fuel. So one of the pandemic shows that got us through, I mean, it wasn't done during the pandemic, but we watched it a lot during the pandemic, was Trolls, The Beat Goes On. <laughs> and the yeah. Trolls movies, back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. Over and over. Back to back to back. Over and over. To back. So you got to voice King Peppy. Yes, King Peppy. Yes, King Peppy. He was such a wonderful human being, you know. But I, I really enjoyed. And the fact that because I had, I have a daughter, and 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 when she was young, uh, just sort of played into that. But he was kind of goofy and crazy, and I just loved that the, the voice. I oh yeah, it's it's tons of fun. It is tons yeah. of fun. So if you existed in the Trolls universe, <laughs> which of the six musical primary music tribes? Do you think that you'd be part of? I don't know. I don't know what they are. Can you can you give me a hint? They are pop, rock, country, classical, techno, and funk. The older me would say classical. Younger me would say rock. I could see you as more of a rock troll. Is there yeah. a classic rock tribe? Well, no, the rock tribe, the patriarch of the rock tribe is played by Ozzy Osbourne. So I think that that would probably work. Technically, that's, okay, that's classic. Yeah, uh, that's sort of my, uh, you know, ACDC. I was all over there when they came out. Okay. Yeah. And sure. I mean, there are there are the smaller groups. There's um, the K-pop group, but. Yeah, no, I think I think probably the, uh, the rockers or the classicals, you know, <laughs> possibly. The classical yeah. ones are a lot of fun too. They're Depends like the mood I'm in, really. They're more of the the classical ones are more of like the the cherub floating angel yes. cloudy baby trolls. I would uh, before we moved out of LA to Ventura County, uh, I had to listen to classical music and, and, and easy music when I was driving because it was the only thing that would kind of keep me calm. And I needed that calmness as you're driving in that city that or in the city terrible. or any, anywhere really. Um, yeah, so I'm not, always... I'm not a big fan of city driving at all. Yeah. Like the biggest city I've ever driven in was Chicago and I hated that. Yeah. I don't mind. You know what? I love driving. I love driving in Rome. We are in Rome. I went, Oh, this is driving because <laughs> it's like a video game. I got back here and I went, Oh, 
Oh, everybody's in lines. What's this? No <laughs> anywhere. There you're just like, hey, and they just they just go. This is Paris is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Oh yeah, the, the roundabout in Paris. Yeah, the, around the around the Arc of Triomphe. Oh, yeah, oh we my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> See where where I live. How people there. don't die like every 30 seconds and that I don't know because yeah, it was that. yeah. I I was there when I was uh, 19, 18, almost 19. And I just remember standing there at the at the edge of the of the the roundabout there, just watching yeah. traffic zoom in and out. And like people were cutting across four and five lanes of traffic, just yeah. and I'm just like, <laughs> it works. My teeny yeah. tiny town's getting a roundabout. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have, oh, you're gonna have tractors stuck. The local <laughs> farmers are so angry. <laughs> What the Sam Hill is this? What are we supposed to do here? Right. We have a Facebook group with over two hundred and five thousand, I believe. Would you Would you get them all to follow me? I don't know how people get followers. T- t- tell me, there's one that I have. It, I, I don't understand it you all. You can't even to be honest, a follower it was podcast. A, I haven't got a. It, it was a, a. It was a freak accident. <laughs> well, tell them all. Tell them all to say uh, at DKVO uh, at Twitter because because uh, uh, I don't know if I'm I, I feel like I go on I go well I'm not worth that much now am I <laughs> I don't get worth more <laughs> well in our group we have it's just a ton of memes mostly sci-fi science fictiony memes and it's this mixed with this Star Wars Star Trek you name it it's in there so which two villains that you have played would you like to see come together to work together well i i think magneto and megatron the the oh. the m's the m line uh that would be kind of fun vandal savage maybe he can work with um and then megatron would be fun yeah there's there's, 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 there's a few bizarro superman <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we can work with those. You do now have 5,580 followers. What, on Instagram? Yes. No one follows me on Instagram. Do you, uh, you can, uh, yeah, how do I do that? <laughs> See, I don't even know. I am completely clueless about it all. I was just going to do the, I was the 5,580th, so. Oh, good, yeah. See? <laughs> I'm trying to help. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I'm making it so much worse. <laughs> Superpower. I'm really, really good at that. I'm going to make things better and wrong. <laughs> and somehow not the same. <laughs> All right, David, we're at a point in the show where we like to take our guests through a little bit of a quiz. So this is a four-question quiz. And if you get three of the four questions right, we want to send you this book. It's called Custodians of the Cosmos. Uh-huh. It's written by Drayton Allen. It's about a, a young man who joined something quite like Starfleet, but not like Starfleet for litigious reasons. And uh, <laughs> he wasn't able to make it in. He washed out, but he was able to rejoin as a custodian so he could boldly clean up after those who had boldly just went. That's brilliant. Today's quiz, we're calling it the K characterization. Mm. So... Uh, we're going to talk, we have four different questions for you, all multiple choice Yeah. about different characters you've played. And uh, so you may or may not know the answer. We'll find out. And uh, if you get three of those questions, right, like I said, we want to send you the book. If you get two or less correct, we'd <laughs> like to take your picture, make a meme out of you and put you in our Facebook group. Okay. <laughs> However, if you do get a meme, you are in good company. Dan Povenmire also has one. Oh, good. So, yeah, so these questions are going to be about characters or universes that you have have portrayed a character in. You didn't use the word. It makes me really sad. Which word? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, if you get less than three questions correct, we take a picture of you. We make a meme out of you. It's called the fun sequence. Thank you. Ah, fun sequence is just go. like, come on. Yeah. I was All like, right. I was like, word, what word? I I used lots of words, <laughs> but not the word, Tim, and not yeah, bird. Apparently. But anyway, because bird, bird. All right, Nick, take us out. What did Arsham use to create the Eternals? Was it a the World Oven, the World Forge? Or the World Series? The World Forge. There you go. Correct. Very good. The World, World Forge. World oven, I'm suddenly imagining a giant stone pizza oven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hungry. Okay. All right. Question number two. Optimus Prime's original name was A, Orion Pax, B, Prime Pax, or C, Orion Prime? Orion Pax? That is correct. Very good. What? Yeah, you got it. Nice guess. Uh, I, I seem to recall hearing that before. That's the only one that sounded familiar to me. What other comic universe helped repair Megatron after a major battle loss? GoBots, Silverhawks, or G.I. Joe? I have to go with a GoBot. No, actually, it was Cobra from G.I. Joe. Really? Yeah. Uh, they helped repair him, and it was a it was at a comic book series with him. It never was animated, but they... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. That's cool. There's also a tiny little tidbit about how um, My Little Pony Unicorns also found Megatron after a different battle loss. So, yeah, he's been found by, <laughs> by, by unicorns. Well, come on. I'm sure they use their magic of friendship to save him. It'll be fine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was they licked they like licked him or something and they gave him the, the gift of friendship. It's it's in the it was a weird comment. Yeah. That's right. disturbing. But okay, question number four. Clink of Ratchet and Clink can control what kind of robots? A gadget bots, B GoBots, or C toy bots. Gadget bots. That's Very good. Correct. That was also a really hard question. Ratchet and Clink can control. There's too many consonants. All right, so that's the book. We, you you won yourself a book. So and you're after no we say our in the risk of being a meme. Well, David, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and your book? Okay, see, uh, in my book, where, did I write a book? Did did he write a book? Nope. Oh nope. yeah, that, that was a bad note from me. You're good. <laughs> the pressure is on. I have to write a book. No, okay. no. But if you want them to find out about your audio book that you don't, re you couldn't remember earlier, you can oh, add that in too. The, the, the so. cat's the cat's maw. It's on uh, Audible, I, I believe. It there is. you go. Really a fun. It's a creepy. It's creepy and it's fun and it's really well. Um, but no, here's where we. Yeah, you get two hundred fifty thousand followers. It's a. It's at, at, at Twitter at dkvo d k a y e v o. It's awful. Tara, Tara Strong hates it, but I, I, I'm not like, I don't, I don't know what this social media is. Um, so, and then on Twitter, it's or on uh, Instagram, it's also the same at DKVO on, uh, on Instagram and davidk.com at the website. It's got everything on the website, all, all the stuff. It's got all kinds of pictures and the trailers that I do and all this different stuff that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm involved with. And uh, there's a new very adult show that's dropping on July 14th. The trailer is out called Farzar, and it's very adult. So only those who, uh, you know, like like Paradise PD and Brickleberry and things like that. Um, oh, okay. 
very fun. But He Man, He Man is out there right now. It's uh, it's it's dropped uh, the second series, and it's I really enjoy uh, this Masters of the Universe, and it's so much fun to do. Um, we got um, uh, the Justice, Young Justice, uh, the uh, Vandal Savage, um, and that is an amazing series. And Vandal's such a great character. He's just um, I just love one of my favorite DC uh, villains. Uh, what else? We got a bunch of stuff I can't talk about. There's, uh, <laughs> Those are always so enough. much fun, though. There's the new uh, the new game, um, Psychonauts Two is is out, and I play four cruller, yeah, honey pepper ball bacon, and uh, <laughs> it's quite a, a a ride. And of course, Ratchet and Clank on the PS5, and um, somehow my son has a PS5 and I don't, so I haven't really had a chance to play through. But it's it's amazing. It looks incredible. Uh, yeah, there's more. There's yeah, there's a bunch things. There's a bunch of stuff coming out that I can't see. This uh, movie trailers that are happening out there. Uh, uh, like Star Wars, uh, the Lego Star Wars. Speaking of, uh, you might hear uh, this summer, this July. You know, you might hear me doing those. Harry Potter, Harry Potter trailers were out. Uh, did uh, the you know the uh, that, that that latest movie and. Of course, Yashihime is on with the Shishomaru, and if you haven't done binge that yet, it's, uh, you can get that all the way through to the end of the season. And also, we're going to make in a couple of appearances this year, and I believe end of August, BotCon is back. Woo! And we're going to be uh, appearing in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And um, we'll be, uh, Frank Welker and I will be there. Uh, the end of that's August 27th weekend in Nashville, Tennessee. Where else? Let's see, we're going to be this year in uh, the GameCon uh, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And that happens August 5th, 6th, 7th weekend. And we're all about Ratchet and Clank out there in Phoenix. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, all this stuff coming up. And uh, Trans TFCon will be happening in October, oh. late October in Chicago, your favorite city to drive in. Yes. We'll be there. Yeah. So much better just to take the train. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's no problem. So, yeah, there's lots. I hope the world uh, cooperates with us a little bit so we can all do these things and be safe and wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Sounds great. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, we will definitely link your socials and your website. Please, yes. So that people can find all of the wonderful things that you can talk about and they will know <laughs> where to look for the things that you can't talk about yet. Exactly. Exactly. All right, guys, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like David Kay here today and funny moments for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps us more than we can ever really tell you. And please be sure to go to davidk.com. Check out what David's got going on there and follow him on his socials, both at Instagram and Twitter at DKVO. I had to look at my notes there. Uh, but if you, for whatever reason, you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department, Megatron, the leader of the Decepticons. And believe me when I say that it won't matter if we swear allegiance to him or not, because he's he's got Starscream kissing up all the time. He's pretty used to that game. So no matter what, the offending party's in big trouble with a big, scary, angry robot. I'm sorry, cybernetic organism with a desire to dominate everyone. This won't end well for us. Thanks again, David. Oh, gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. That's going to conclude us today for the FSF Popcast. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF Popcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact me link. 
Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.